In the future, roving bands of comic book podcasts will savage the wasteland, once known as the internet. One podcast, the Grawlix podcast, may not be the biggest, may not be the funniest, may not be the most well-spoken. Wait, what was my point again? Oh yes, the Grawlix podcast. Listen to it at GrawlixPodcast.com. That's G-R-A-W-L-I-X podcast.com. Hey, boils and ghouls, this is David Howard Thornton from Terrifier and the upcoming Terrifier 2, and you're listening to Moose's Monster Mash. Moose's 13 Horrifying Days of Christmas. I'm your host, Moose. We're not clowning around on this episode with today's guest. He's an actor, producer, director. You know, he pretty much does it all. You've seen him in Terrifier, Terrifier 2. Soon, the the new movie, Stream. And you, you see him on Indiegogo a lot. But we'll talk more about that soon. Without any further delay, let's introduce my guest, Mr. Michael Levy. Hey, man, how's it going? It's an honor to be on your show here, and uh, I'm looking forward to, to chatting with you and, uh, you know, uh, having a good time. Yeah, I've wanted to get you on for a while because I had a chance to interview uh, David a while back, Howard Thornton, for listeners who are just tuning in for this one. And uh, your character in uh, Terrifier, Will the Exterminator, was his favorite kill. So it's like, all right, you know, this is something I want to, you know, put together and touch on that. And it's funny, as I was getting ready to, you know, getting everything ready for this, uh, stupid Facebook in there, uh, you know, oh, your memories, etc. A memory popped up and you are indirectly responsible for a memory of mine from a month or so back. And I thought it was amusing. One of my memories around Halloween popped up. Locally, they were talking about canceling Halloween a few years back because of the clown craze that was going around. And I am a huge Halloween nerd. And I was like, and the Facebook post was, you know, while I can appreciate, you know, a good scare, if Halloween gets canceled, I'm going to punch the first clown I see. And then, <laughs> then... Fast forward years later, during the interview with David, he mentions that it was you and your brother that essentially were at the start of that whole clown craze. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, back in 2013 or 2014, I can't remember exactly what year it was, but we were sitting around and we said, you know, we want to put something out there and change the narrative in the community and, you know, in the news and the press and what's going on. So we said, how can we do that? And, you know, what can we put out there? And, you know, we had discussed uh, Grim Reaper, skeleton, <laughs> random things. 
you know, at an adventure of Sasquatch was one of them, Bigfoot. And we kept coming back to clown. And the reason for that is people have such a strong opinion, you know, for clowns. They either love oh, them yeah. or they hate them. And we figured, you know, if we put a clown out there that really the Internet world and the community is going to basically let this thing kind of explode on its own because they're going to start creating and arguing and talking and spewing. And, you know, maybe, maybe in three or four months, this thing could semi go viral with this clown. And maybe we can be the ones with the whole idea of capturing the first footage of the clown. Right. So this thing went not three months. It was like three days. And I never understood what viral meant until that had happened. And this thing really exploded. And again, yeah, we started that clown craze. And for a couple of reasons, one, as I mentioned, was putting something out there, changing the narrative of the community. We were sick and tired of what was going on with uh, overdoses and horrific things that were in the news. The other thing was we wanted to show, since we're a production company, that we can um, make a dent and we can cause a stir and we can entertain and get something through to the masses. Uh, and then the third which was obviously marketing and promotional kind of thing. We were working on a film called Abnormal Attraction, and uh, we figured what perfect way then to put a clown out there that people seem to have had an abnormal attraction to. And then this thing started going really all over the place, and there started being copycats all over the world. And we, I got a, a friend that was in Milan, Italy, that sent me a paper that says, U.S. goes crazy with crown, clown craze. So it was really interesting how this thing kind of just took yeah, off. I mean a simple attempt to just like you said break the narrative introduce some like good news for a change and <laughs> all of a sudden every state every state every city had clowns popping up just waving hi you know, yeah it was honestly it was the coolest creepiest thing i'd ever seen in my life and i sitting back i enjoyed watching it cuz it was so innocent and that's something that we actually made sure that we kept true to because we just wanted to have a simple clown out there with a balloon and nothing threatening, nothing violent. A few of the copycats started to take it yeah. a step further with the chainsaws and the hatchets and the machetes. And that was something that we totally wanted to do the opposite of. And I think that comes back to my early days of loving the original Stephen King's It, where Tim Curry didn't have a knife, didn't have a machete, but yet there's something so creepy and so alluring and so interesting about the way he portrayed Pennywise simply standing there with a balloon and a sign waving down the street. I mean, there's just something that stays in your psyche. It's Tim Curry's larger-than-life teeth. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But yeah, I mean, it, it was just innocent fun, and then, yeah, people had to ruin it. You know, because it was a yeah, nice break. Yeah, almost a Halloween take. Yeah, <laughs> like it was a nice break from the murders and politics. And you know, it's like, what clown's going to pop up today? You know, like you almost look forward to clown news. And yeah, it was, it was cool. In what world would you expect that you're going to be looking forward to hearing a clown story <laughs> on the evening news, you know? <laughs> yeah. We, we definitely got a kick out of it for sure. And then it was funny because at, at the time they didn't know who the clown was or what was involved with it. 
so you would see these stories and people would get involved and start making up stories because they just wanted to be a part of the fun and a part of everything. And we would sit on the six o'clock news and see someone say, you know, I saw the clown here and the clown did this. And my brother would look at me, I look at him and say, did we go? No. Okay. But it was cool because it just kind of became this legend in and among itself. And it was like I said, it, it was a break from just the same horrific news yeah. that was going on. And, and it was a lot of fun. It was like we were living our own real life movie. Oh yeah. And it, it, what's fun is, honestly, you could probably take it a step further and now go back and make a movie about the uh, clown craze and have a little bit more fun with it. And I think it'd be an interesting watch. It definitely would be fun. It's something that's crossed my mind a few times, for sure. Um, and maybe that's something we can visit in the future. You know, it's, uh, it's, I think if there's something there, I think it'd be interesting and fun as well. You know, cause I mean, like, like we said, it obviously gripped the nation, which then gripped the world. So <laughs> yep. like, I almost feel like it'd be a found footage style. And while that's not my favorite style of movie, I think in this case it would really work. You know, like a mockumentary yeah. found footage style movie. I right. think it would really work in this yeah, case. And those could be, yeah, and those could be, and those could be really interesting for sure. And I think you're right. Something like this would lend itself to that style of filmmaking uh, perfectly. But let's shift from one clown to another. You were in, you know, in and worked with on and around Terrifier, which reintroduced clowns and really a new age of horror when it dropped. What what was that process like in just in general? It was honestly one of the most amazing experiences of my life. Very blessed and lucky to be a part of that franchise now uh, or becoming franchised. Um, and it's interesting how it happened. Uh, I was working on a film, just to give a little background, called Abnormal Attraction um, that I was directing. It was a comedy monster movie. This is actually the one that uh, we were using the marketing with the Staten Island Clown yeah. to, to get some funding for and, you know. So I met uh, Phil, Mr. Phil Falcone, who's the executive producer of Terrifier, and his son actually was telling me, have you ever heard of All Hallows' Eve and Art the Clown? And I actually, being a huge horror fan, had not. And he says, well, this is the next movie my father is, a, is an executive producer on, and it's really cool. It's got this amazing following, but it's, it's niche, and it's, and it's culty, and now we're trying to do the feature. So through different you know things that kind of happened and aligned, all of a sudden, now fast forward, and I'm involved in the project. And I got offered to play the role of Will the Exterminator, um, which is funny because David actually didn't know about that we were the ones behind the clown craze. So, and I think he found out during my decapitation beheading scene, and I think that made it even cooler for him personally because it was like that was something. Even Damien said that they wished that they had thought of beforehand as marketing for Terrifier. And now he's got the guys who did that, that they were looking at part of the production. And now they're cutting the head off of the guy who created it. See, he's killing the Staten Island clown. <laughs> right. <clears throat> right. So that's part of, uh, I think, why it's David's favorite kill, other than just Damien did a fantastic job with the decapitation. I've heard, obviously, Terrifier has another kill in there that is mostly talked yeah. about, which is the upside down sauce, which is, you know, rightfully so. It's so different and unique and um just crazy um you know so my kill isn't as much talked about but 
for people who kind of then finally get past talking about the the hanging upside down chainsaw scene, they say, you know, this was a really good uh, decapitation. And a lot of people say it might be one of the best or better ones that uh, have been shot. And that's a really testament to Damien and his just effects work and uh, using practical effects and, and just the way he operates for sure. And he's someone from like the school of thought of Tom Savini. Yeah. So that was, that was really, really fun to be a part of. Um, cold, very cold <laughs> shoot. <laughs> blood poured into, I wear contacts. So they're, they're all blood around my eyes that, uh, but you know, you, you, you suffer through it for one day and then the footage lasts forever. It looks great. So I was just honored and proud and happy to be a part of it all. And it's just been a huge ride that's now taken us into Terrifier 2, which I am uh, the assistant director on and also one of the producers. Um, and got a great friendship with Damien, Dave, and Phil, and the rest of the gang there. And now we're working on other projects together, like Stream as well. Well, see, and to touch on the, you know, why it was such a cool kill, uh, when I was talking to David about it, I think part of what resonated with him was it was like visceral it was hands-on and like it just everything melded together really well between the practical effects the way it was shot and just the kill itself everything just lended itself really well to the scene and it just it felt like the stars aligned for that kill and yeah it's thank you it's not a shocking kill like the upside down saw kill but it is a gorgeous movie kill. And, you know, as a fan, you can't ask for anything better. Yeah, it's very well done. And, you know, um, like I said, it's just an honor to even have been a part of that. Because me coming from, you know, being a horror fan growing up my whole life and seeing the Halloweens and the Nightmare on Elm Streets and the Friday the 13th and stuff. You can only hope if you're into wanting to be in films that you could be a part of something you know, that kind of gives a response yeah. to, to people and makes them want to see more. And I'm just so lucky that I, you know, got to be a part of this project. And then also to be involved in a kill. I mean, if you're going to be in a horror movie, right, you have to be in a cool kill scene. Um, see, you don't, you don't want to just be some background player walking by, oh, somebody died. Right. No, you, you you want to be the right. somebody that died. You got to get killed. <laughs> and that's a funny story how, how that all came about, too. Originally, I was supposed to play – I wasn't – that kill wasn't in the movie – and I was supposed to play the cop at the end of the film that my brother ended up playing um, that came in and, and discovered Art eating the face of uh, Victoria. And what happened was a late investor or a producer came in with some extra money and said, I want to invest in, in your film. I want to give you money to shoot an all new kill scene in the film. Uh, the only thing is you have to give me whatever props and stuff from the scene. was like, I guess, a stipulation. So Damien, I mean, get a chance to be able to add another kill to the movie. So he calls me up. And he says, Mike, um, I want to change you to another part if you'd be interested. So I said, okay. And he said, uh, the only catch is you're not going to live to be in the sequel. You're going to die. And I said, well, okay. I said, you know, if you're, if you're going to, if you're going to be in a horror movie, I says, don't you have to die? I said, so what's up? And he says, you know, it's going to be a really cool decapitation scene. Uh, he goes, but I want to, the difference is I want to actually show the whole thing. He goes too many times in films, they cut away and you kind of miss the whole process. He goes, I want to see every moment of this actually happening to where you're looking at it and almost believing that this is happening in front of your eyes. Um, and I was just down for that. I thought that was oh, yeah. cool. And I said, yeah, I'm in. So then I, I said, well, if you want somebody to take the cop role, 
I said, my brother Jason has similar acting abilities to mine. If you want to, you know, the way he does it. And Damien says, sure. Then that kind of worked out too. So that was awesome for him. My brother got to be in the film too. <laughs> way to just kind of circle everything around and, you know, make sure everything's filled. Exactly. Exactly. What I found interesting about Terrifier was it started as like this kind of culty movie. Like it had a small like cult following and then it blew up huge. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, arts everywhere. And, you know, Damien, you guys and the, you know, the rest of the team really kind of redefined what horror in two th in the 2000s could be, you know, Harkened back on a lot of the old school tropes, but rewrote them, and it just just a completely different feel than what you'd expect from a uh, horror movie in the two thousands, and it was phenomenal. And now we have Terrifier two coming out, which honestly I think is probably one of the most anticipated sequels <laughs> that I've ever and, seen. And we. we <laughs> We get that every every couple of hours, it seems, at this point. When is Terrifier 2 coming out? Uh, but, you know, it's good. It's Everyone's waiting for it, and, and I think everyone's really going to enjoy it. Uh, we worked very hard on it, and it's a much bigger film. You know, the first one was very contained in just a couple of characters and a couple of kills in this warehouse, whereas this one is much, much more expansive, and we go to a, a bunch of different locations. There's a, a, a lot of kills. There's a lot of really, really unique and awesome kills that are in the film because there's more characters uh, for that to happen to. Um, and it also expands upon the universe and the story a little bit of Arthur Clown because, you know, the first movie was just an introduction. Damien is on record saying this all the time. It was an introduction to art. He wanted to take the last 15 minutes of a slasher film and kind of extend it over an hour and a half movie. And that's kind of what he did with Terrifier. So this one now, he's trying to create that, other that balance to him, right? Uh, Michael Myers says is Jamie Lee Curtis. You know, uh, Freddy Krueger has Nancy, and uh, Ghostface has Sydney. So now Art finally has uh, someone that he can go up against, and that can equally come back at him in Sienna. And that's something that Damien really focused on, that we all focused on, to bring a great story and just to have that dynamic. Um, and I just can't wait for everybody to see it. And to back up to your point earlier, it's bizarre what happened with this movie i the first time i noticed it was you know you see a slow burn and people were talking about terrifier then it goes to netflix which that's i think where it really exploded yeah. because it was able to get the eyes on it um <clears throat> and i was at a convention uh, in pasadena for halloween 40 and that's where i noticed what was what was happening i actually got recognized there for terrifier from people i was just there as a fan you know i had a few friends that are in the franchise and i was just there to visit and be a part of halloween 40 and you know getting autographs and stuff and are you in terrifier are you in terrifier and then i would see an art the clown pinata or an art the clown um air freshener and i'm saying and i remember calling danny and i said dane this is this is blowing up and I remember it specifically just saying, wow. And then all of a sudden within a week from there, it was everything. Oh yeah. It's like, like you said, slow burn. And then it just, it took off like a wildfire. And yeah, here we are going into Terrifier 2 and literally people are sitting on the edge of their seats waiting and waiting. And at this point, not even patiently, because like you said, it's no nope. <laughs> patience is out the window. Oh, yeah. like, you, you... But I mean, look, even for us, even for us, 
know, you, you see anything on social media, it's like you said, when's it coming out? When's it coming out? Well, it'll come out when it's ready. Just hold your horses. Come on. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's so close. It's so close to, I mean, it's just COVID obviously hit, which hurt everything with everybody in the world. And, you know, and, and obviously things got delayed, but you know, we're not a big studio and a lot of this is on, you know, it was on a small group of people to finish it. Cause we, we were at the finish line when this thing happened then it was okay, take a break and wait. At least Damien was able to edit a lot of the film because it was in the can at the time. Then we had to go back, finish the film, and then you have a film and it's like, okay, what are we missing? What can we add? How can we make this better? How can we trim the fat? So that happened. So, I mean, you know, it's going through the normal process as any other movie. It's just at a, at a slower pace because it's a small crew. It's just really Damien now working on it. But the movie's uh, picture locked pretty much. He, he might cut out or trim a couple of things, but it's over two hours, which is insane um and it's definitely a roller coaster and it definitely delivers the goods in my opinion and i can't wait to see what everyone else thinks of it uh thinks about it but this thing is close you know he's he's going through its color correction now and once that's finished and it's sound design simultaneously at the same time and the, the score that's all happening and then obviously the the second part of this whole thing is when the distribution companies which they're getting involved now and the sales agents and then they kind of deem when it comes out when they think that they could maximize the most amount of people seeing it um, but it's 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 getting there, and you know we can't wait. As soon as we know when it's coming out, believe me, we'll be the first to let everybody know. <laughs> Get off our we backs! We wanted this thing out yesterday. <laughs> we, we really did. We we can't wait too. I mean, we're so excited just to see this thing come out. And I'll tell you, nobody wants it out more than oh, us, yeah. especially Damien. So I say I, I do not envy Damien at all right now with the amount of you know work with his workload. Whew. Yeah, and it's tough to get in, to get in touch with him. It really is. Like I only see him at a convention because we're both, you know, obviously going to that we're, we're, we're working. Um, but other than that, it's, it's very tough because he's really in a cave and he's, he's working hard. See, I, I've been trying for a few months and it's like, you know what? I'll wait. <laughs> I'll wait till after the movie Trust comes me, out. <laughs> as soon as it, as soon as it comes out, that's going to be even better to talk with him because <laughs> then he can, then he can go over some really cool things and get some stories. As a producer, what do you look for when you sign on to produce a movie? Like, uh, what sparks your interest in the movies like to accept or pass on it? <clears throat> yeah, it starts. I mean, it's the same thing if you're acting or, you know, or, or if you want any kind of job opportunity, it's do you connect with the material? And, you know, I always look for a good story. I look for creative, whether it's, if it's a horror movie, it's, you know, creative kills or creative character. Um, but then also you can have a great script too. And it's who, who else are the people that's behind it? Right. It's uh, who's involved, who, who's directing or who's starring or who's the crew or act, whatever. Um, so there's a, a lot of components to picking or getting involved in a film um, for a specific reason. And a lot of those things, like I said, are connecting mostly with the material and what you see in front of you. And then who's behind it? And can they execute it? And then what value can I bring to the table? Also, I always say to myself, like, OK, I see this here. Can I add something here and actually help get this to where it needs to be or am I not able to do anything or are they beyond what I can even do as well and am I going to be kind of chasing them trying to hold on to their coattails so there's a lot of elements nice so I, I saw that you know essentially you've known since you were a little kid filmmaking was what you wanted to do you know you you wanted to be involved in films what aspect of it would you say is your favorite in front of the camera behind the camera producing you know where where is your comfort zone 
so when I was a kid, I think what got me wanting to do it, obviously, was the acting part of it, because that's what you see, yeah. right? You, you know, you don't see the behind the scenes. You don't see all of that stuff. So that's what initially lured, you know, lured me into wanting to be a filmmaker because, or be involved in the film business was because I, I saw people having fun playing characters that they never got to play before and living in this land of make-believe and you can do whatever you want. Uh, as I got older, even though I still think the acting part is the most fun because you could kind of not have to worry about everything else other than just what you need to worry about, which is your performance. When you're directing or you're producing, every problem is your problem. There's just so much that's kind of coming at you. Um, but with that being said, as I got older, I really got into the directing part of it. And I really found my comfort zone and communicating with people and getting the best performances out of people and knowing what works and what doesn't work. So that for me is what I think is my best um, quality is, is directing. But if someone was to put a gun to my head and say, you know, you can only do one, I probably would go with the acting part of it just because it's a lot It's a lot of fun. Well, and you're definitely good with marketing, too, because I think you're always on uh, your Facebook page uh, promoting and... I just love, you know, I, I just love, honestly, with that, when it comes to marketing and things, it's it's being true. You know, a lot of people, we can see through, right? Everybody yeah. can see through if someone's phony or someone's fake or if they're just trying to do this to make a quick buck and leave. I truly believe in what we're doing and I'm invested 100% of my own money, my own time, my heart, my soul, everything. So, you know, that's really why uh, people can consider me, I guess, a good marketing person because I believe in it. And that's why it's easy for me to talk about it because I'm just so excited about it and I just so believe in it so it, it's, it just comes natural um, but I also love talking with our fans I love engaging with yeah. people I love communicating with people and and that's just something that I've always had you know and, and that's what I want people to know too is that what you see is what you get like when I'm talking to you here it's the same as if I'm talking to my brother or my wife or my best friend that I grew up with you know it's this is me this is how I am oh yeah it's I, I love watching your uh, live free, uh, live streams words are hard uh because yeah it, it's it is it's very real it's down to earth you know and you know you're answering fan questions you're you're promoting like right now you're talking about stream uh you know and the indiegogo campaigns but at the same time you'll segue off to if a fan asks you a question about terrifier or terrifier 2 or just one of your many numerous projects you take the time, you answer the fan question, and then you'll go back to what you were talking about, just like a normal conversation. And th that's what it is. It's a real conversation. Yeah, and I enjoy it. And, I, you know, when I go into it, I don't have any set time that I'm going to, or I'm only talking for five minutes, or I'm only talking for ten. I organically just feel it out, and wherever the conversation, like a normal conversation goes, it goes, you know? And, and like I said earlier is I have fun doing it. I just enjoy talking with people and I'm honored and blessed to even be in this situation to do this at all. So, you know, I'm definitely enjoying it. And at the same token, I want to make sure that I get across, you know, what we're working on just in case someone might want to come on board and be a part of it. How many times I wish I was a younger filmmaker and I had an opportunity to, to link up with some guys that are doing some really cool things and really get to try to be a part of it. So that's just what I'm trying to give back a little bit and offer that. And it's something I truly believe in. It really is. You know, I, I can't sell something I don't believe in. That's, I would be very bad at it. Right. And uh, that leads me into your, uh, you know, I, I 
jokingly mentioned you spend a lot of time on uh, Indiegogo. Lately, it seems like that's my job now. <laughs> <is to sit. laughs> you're the Indiegogo guru. When you're picking the perks and things like that to try to upsell, uh, you know, to raise the money, you know, raise the funds for everything, what goes into deciding what you think would be an interesting, like, benefits package, essentially? Yeah. So it's it's it really comes down to again kind of going to myself as a fan and saying what would I be interested in, what do I think is cool, um, you know, and then also I I talk on the ground floor like you said on these on these um, live videos, but I'm also doing a lot of behind the scenes too, private messages and things, and I ask the fans if they have a question, I say please DM me, talk to me, um, is there something that you might like? And then that might spark an idea, or maybe they say something like the strangers pray at night masks that we just um, put out there from Damien Maffei, they were signed. That was something I didn't even think of. And some a fan actually said that's something that they would be totally into and want. So I talked with Damien, see if we could get a couple of, a couple of those and see what we can make them affordable and how we can get it done. And we were able to do that. So, you know, it's just about kind of staying in contact and staying up to date with what people are thinking, what people want, what you would want. Um, and then also talking it over with my brother, who has a really good sense of these things and my business partners. But then also you got to be careful, too, because there's certain things that we have to hold back as well, whether it might be something that might spoil the movie. Yeah. Um, or, or it's something that we might want to do down the road that might be just more beneficial doing it down the road than as opposed to doing it now, too. So there's like that aspect of it as well um so it's not easy and you know but it's just you kind of have to go with your gut and just say okay what would i like to see and just hope hope you hope people are thinking the same as you i say and it seems to work out because th there were a couple of them that i looked at and i'm like all right and then i'd go i'd go in i'm like damn <laughs> they move quick they do move pretty quick um which is a uh, really amazing and and just the response we had we didn't expect you know, with, with a newer film, even with Terrifier, that Indiegogo campaign uh, exploded. And we were stunned at the amount of money that it got. We thought it would do decent, but not what it did. Uh, but with this film, there's no previous movie. There's no, nobody knows, eh, this is from a hole in the wall. You know, they might know us, they might know some of our work, but that's not the same. You know, it doesn't kind of equate the same way. Uh, but it's it's been successful, and, and it's really just humbling at how many people are responding to what we're offering. And we're trying to do as much as we can in showing behind the scenes videos and updates. And, you know, we're in a fortunate position that a lot of the movies shot that we're able to market it this yeah. way and show people some footage and some stuff. You know, usually when you go into Indiegogo's, you're, you're doing it to raise the funds to start. You know, we're trying to do it to finish because of COVID and everything. So, so let's talk stream because, you know, like, like you said, it, it doesn't have a predecessor. It doesn't have, you know, as you're raising money for it, you, you went in on pretty much a wing and a prayer. But I think where you luck out is, like you said, fans know what you guys are capable of. And that speaks volumes in the horror community. So uh, elevator pitch. What's stream? So stream is... The best way for me to put it is the stream is a modern take on the horror subgenre, the slasher subgenre. And what it's doing is it's taking the movies that we love, the Michael Myers and the Freddy Kruegers and the Jason Voorhees, and bringing them from the 80s and bringing them all the way up now into the 2000s. But it's involving technology. 
And I think that's what's the most important and the key element here. When you think about horror films, right, that worked, we always, they always kind of got into your safe spaces, right? Psycho did it with The Shower mm-hmm. and, and the, the old motel. Jaws did it with The Day at the Beach. Halloween did it with babysitting and being in the neighborhood. Nightmare on Elm Street did it with your dreams. Jason did it with the summer camp, right? So it's taking those things that we all love, that we feel safe about, that everybody can kind of have that same umbrella experience with. So it's like, okay, what now does everybody do? Does everybody kind of feel safe with but still question? And that's technology, that's the internet, that's the cell phones, right? That's all of these things. So with Stream, we decided to take that element and blend it with the physical slasher killer element and bring them together in this weird, twisted uh, game element, too, which I think is really cool. So who do you have on board as your, like, main guys? Yeah, so the film stars, and this is what I always tell people, too, is we have a great cast, for sure, but this movie was not written to be one like a lot of horror films it's their kind of gimmick is all the stars that are in it or the horror icons that are in it and that's kind of what sells it yeah that we have those which we're fortunate enough because of the story and the script but that's really why we got them because we had a good story we had a good script and this is not this movie i don't think will be successful because of those people it'll be better it'll be more entertaining because you get to see some of our favorite stars that we grew up loving and watching but I think the story is what first people will resonate to and the character and everything that we're doing there. And this is just kind of a bonus. But to answer your question, we have Jeffrey Combs from The Reanimator. Mm-hmm. We have Danielle Harris from Halloween 4, 5, Rob Zombie's Hatchet, the whole nine there. We have Tim Reed from the original Stephen King's It. And Tim, this is his first horror movie since doing It. He doesn't like horror movies. He doesn't do them. He read the script and says, something, I want to do this. There's something pulling me to this. It's very... Um, it's very in-depth. There's something engaging about it. We like the story, so we have Tim. We have Dee Wallace from Cujo, Howling, E.T., like everything. And we have Felissa Rose from Sleepaway Camp. We have Dave Sheridan from Scary Movie, Haunted House, Victor Crowley, uh, Terry Alexander from Day of the Dead, Mark Holton, who's one of my personal favorite people. Yes. I grew up loving Leprechaun, loving Pee-wee's Big Adventure, Teen Wolf, right? He actually was retired for many, many years, and I think um, Halloween, uh, Leprechaun Returns kind of pulled him out of retirement a little bit, but he figured he would do that one movie and be done, and then he met me. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But uh, Mark has been incredible, and to be able to work with somebody that I grew up really loving his comedic timing and the films that he was a part of, um, this was something really special to get him involved in this film. So we have Mark Colton, we have Danny Roebuck, who was just announced as uh, Grandpa yes. Munster in the Rob Zombie Munster film. So that's really cool. That just hap- you know, happened after shooting and stuff, so that's really awesome. Um, Try not to miss anybody. Oh, and Bob Adrian from The Conjuring 2, he plays Bill Wilkins. So he's also in, in the film. And then Tony Todd, the Candyman himself, um, is in this movie. I remember, because it wasn't that long ago you made that announcement. I geeked out like crazy. <laughs> He's awesome. He's really, really cool. Candyman is probably my favorite of the modern horror franchises. So, like, you announced Tony Todd, and I, I fangirled out like crazy. I'm not gonna lie, you know, because he, you know, he is that. You see him. He is Candyman. It's just. Yeah. And that voice, yeah. too. Oh, God. He's really cool, and, and he's someone that we are hoping um, that will be a part of the stream universe 
that we're that we're trying to create in these franchises and sequels and prequels and spinoffs and you know kind of like what the Conjuring's doing and what video games kind of do and and that's kind of the Marvel universe is doing it so that's really what we're striving for and how we're trying to do this and we'll see what happens um, but I believe that much in the movie and in the franchise because there's so many different things that we can do with it um, because the thing with with Halloween and Freddy and why they become stale and why we love them too is because there's this one killer that kind of goes mm -hmm. and eventually they jump the shark, right? And it gets stale. Whereas with stream, even though our killers are unique and they have a certain look to them, the, the main hook to the whole thing is not the individual killer, but the overall game that's happening. Yeah. Um, and, and that's what kind of like a saw or purge or, or things like that. So that I think is what can keep it fresh and keep it new and keep it different and exciting. Well, see, the more I've read about Stream and the more I follow the Indiegogo campaign and keep up on the updates, the more, like, I am super excited for when this movie drops. And I, because, like you said, it, 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 much like Terrifier was a new take on horror, this will definitely be a new stamp in the horror community. I hope so. I really hope so. And I think it will, I, you know, just from the response everyone's seeing and, and, you know, what we're revealing and you guys are getting it, like, which is great. That's what's really awesome. I say, yeah, it's like when I first read it and it was like, okay, that's, you know, cyber horror. Okay. That's your first thought is, you know, okay, Cronenberg. But then like you read into it more, you're like, no, this is something completely different. All right, cool. I'm in, you know? <laughs> and yeah, yeah. It, it just the the premise just sounds awesome, and the uh, Indiegogo tagline I think is awesome. The get some skin in the game. It just it fits yep. with the uh, horror theme and everything. It's just like ooh. Yeah, yeah. I just can't wait for everyone just to see what we have with this because again, you know, we have new things that we're trying to do and tap into, but then we pay tribute, obviously being horror fans to some of the older stuff. And we try to, to mix that old and new and, and that traditional and the modern. So I think there's a fair uh, blend and balance, but something that we definitely try not to do is create something that is trying to mock our success of terrifier. Right. And what Damien did with that, this is something like you mentioned, totally different, um, totally going in another direction. Now, the kills, obviously, they're Damien Leone-style kills. Yeah. I mean, he's doing the kills in this film. So you know what you're going to get with that. But they're also different, too, because they're not Art the Clown kills. You know what I mean? So it'll really let the audiences see how creative and how interesting we can get and Damien can get with some of these things while keeping them separate from what Art does, but also keeping them in the same vein and style of what we all expect from a Damien Leone effect. I say, at the end of the day, they're going to be graphic and they're going to be well executed, but they're not going to be, like, in Art's case, he relishes in, you know, his kills and, you right. know, it's, it's an art form. He takes pride and pleasure right. in his kills. Exactly. exactly. Whereas uh, another slasher may or may not. So, yeah. It, it, exactly. It, it'll definitely be interesting to see a, a different take on that style of kill. Yeah. I think, it, I mean, I'm very excited for what we have so far. And every day I'm in the edit suite and I'm working on the movie and I just get excited that I switch over. I got to talk on Facebook. And I just, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Share something. Um, <laughs> you know, it's hard to contain. It is. And, you know, now we're, we're, like I said, our original goal was 35000 on the Indiegogo. Now we're, we got in that in demand where they kept us open. 
because we thought the campaign was ending last week. Uh, and they're keeping us open a little while longer to where we can now try to reach. And now I think we're at like nine, over 90,000. And we're trying to get to that 100K. And there was something that we discussed really early in the process, which was this crazy kill scene and, and uh, another horror icon. And But we weren't able to do it. It's just it like a pipe dream. Now it's actually a reality that we could potentially do this because of everyone that's been jumping on board with the, the Indiegogo. So we had said, okay, if we hit it, we're going to offer a chance for someone or someone's from Indiegogo to be a part of those kill scenes and to be a part of it, because what better way, right, than to include the people and give them a chance to be a part of something that they helped us do, oh, yeah. you know? So, so that I'm excited about to see if it actually comes to fruition and is able to happen. So uh, definitely cool. Oh, I'm looking forward to it. And I think as much as it gets pushed out there and the perks keep adding on you'll hit that 100k and honestly it wouldn't surprise me if you go past it we'll see i mean like I, i'm just humbled that we're even at where we're at you know and and people are resonating to it because the main thing first and foremost is to deliver a good movie and a good fun ride in the film and that's what i want to do and the extra money obviously in the funds is going to help us uh, continue to do that continue to achieve those things and I just, again, at the end of the day, I just hope everybody comes out of it saying, wow, that was freaking awesome, fun. Um, can't wait to see another oh, one. Oh, yeah. Um, so we know streams in the works. Do you have any other projects uh, in the, I guess, foreseeable future that you're working on? Yeah, we're always working on different stuff, trying to see what we can do. Obviously, it always comes down to funding and how we can get some stuff made. We love, besides horror, I'm a huge comedy. My team, we love comedy. So we have a few comedy films that we're trying to, to get done. To me, it's so similar in beats, mm -hmm. right? You have to have a couple of beats to have a scare and you have a couple of beats to have a laugh. So they're very interchangeable in, in timing-wise. Um, so there's a couple of comedies we're working on. We'll see what happens. We just actually did a film, low-budget movie, came out, uh, my, it's a little, a couple months ago. Um, with Tyler Maine, it was his movie that I, I had a small role and I was also a producer on called um, Penance Lane. And Scout Taylor Compton's in that, Danny Robach, John Schneider. So that movie just got released, um, which is pretty cool. It's a fun kind of haunted house-ish kind of film that takes a twist. Uh, so that's pretty cool. And then also we helped work on the Pennywise documentary, um, the story behind the original It miniseries. And they just had the premiere in Spain, and I think they just had another showing in the UK. So hopefully we're going to be getting that soon here in the States, and that'll finally be out. Um, I was honored to be a part of that and shoot some of those interviews with those guys. So that's something else that's also going to be, be coming out soon. Too. So where can listeners keep up to date with all of your many projects and follow you on social media and such? Yes. So my company is called Fuzz on the Lens, and... If you want to see the umbrella of everything that we're doing, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, uh, YouTube or Instagram, mostly we're very active on as well. You can look at Fuzz in the Lens uh, Productions. Uh, if it's more horror-related and you're looking for just stream stuff, it's at Stream Franchise. You can find that on Facebook and Instagram. We've been putting out a ton of these little vignette videos from all our actors and cast and crew and stuff uh, where you'll see their take um, and their point of view on the filming. And, and I don't know if you've been able to check those out, but uh, definitely something to look into where on our Instagram specifically and in, in their, their, their stories or 
they're like some kind of that extra thing. It's not your post. It's like that other one. There's a ton of them in there. Um, so fuzz in the lens and stream franchise. And then also you can find me, Michael Levy on any of the, any of the same social media platforms. And listeners, like always, I'll post those in the episode description and, you know, you can find me and other great podcasters over at electronicmediacollective.com or on Twitter at Moose Media Inc. Michael, this has been fun. Looking forward to the uh, upcoming magnitude of movies. And, uh, you know, just, you know, it would be interesting now, since you like horror and comedy, to do a modern, like, Abbott and Costello meets Frankenstein style movie. I'd like to. I'd like to. I did something similar-ish um, called that normal that the yeah. normal attraction movie, which stars uh, Malcolm McDowell, Gilbert Gottfried, Bruce Davison, Leslie Easterbrook, and Tyler Maine. But that's like a campy '80s style um, sexualized monster comedy. If anybody's into that, it's a fun movie, but it's definitely a niche audience and for people who are really attracted to the bizarre. But I'd love to do an Abbott and Costello meets Frankenstein kind of film. It was something that would be right up my alley. Because, well, sure. like you said, it's you know, couple beats laugh, couple beats scare. That, that's why those that yeah. the Abbott and Costello horror series mashed really well together. Yeah, I agree. This has been an absolute pleasure. And when stream gets closer to release, have you back on, and we'll uh, talk about it some more and dig into some more details and push it a lot more. And in the meantime, listeners check out if you haven't for, you know, if you've been living under a rock terrifier, watch for terrifier Two. go to Indiegogo and support the many campaigns. If you miss out on this one, watch for the next one. Cause like I said, he's always there. Awesome. Thank you, man. I had fun. That was, that was cool. And until next time, horror hounds. Sean. This has been Moose's Monster Match. Come back for more chills and thrills if you dare. <laughs>